This podcast is brought to you by Vinzero. Vinzero pioneers solutions and services to the AEC and manufacturing industries to support net zero targets. Visit vinzero.com to learn more about how organisations design, build and solve through digitalisation. From Vinzero to you, welcome to our Think Future podcast series. Each week we'll share conversations with industry leaders from around the world to find out how they're thinking future. Subscribe to Vinzero Think Future for access to more episodes, interviews and profiles. Sam Archer is a sustainability consultant and mechanical engineer with over 18 years experience in the construction industry. As Director Market Transformation at the New Zealand Green Building Council, Sam is responsible for running the sustainability and energy assessment tools Greenstar, Homestar and Neighbours New Zealand. He has a passion for sustainable housing, having spent six years creating and managing the sustainability framework for a 3,000 home development for the University of Cambridge. Sam also has extensive experience in sustainability and energy strategies, including carbon policy work for the UK government, sustainable urban design and low energy and passive building design. Welcome to the program, Sam. Thank you very much, Antio. Delighted to be here. Sam, the New Zealand Green Building Council are advocating for sustainable and affordable housing across New Zealand. What can you share with us about initiatives there? Yeah, what a great question. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot to do in New Zealand. You know, we have uh, about 1.8 million homes here. We have a long record, I'm sure it's similar to Australia, of damp, mouldy housing. I think New Zealand has a bit of a record. Lots of, I'm an expatriate, I'm English, like, you know, when I first came here. It's pretty obvious to me and a lot of people that, you know, the houses don't have adequate heating. They're very inadequately insulated. We have a very damp climate. And so um, we do have a lot of problems with our housing. We have very high rates of respiratory disease. We have, um, you know, a lot of people in fuel poverty. So I guess New Zealand Green Body Council, our, our real mission when it comes to housing is to get the standard of our housing up so that um, people can afford to heat them. That's both existing housing and doing a lot of work with government around trying to get um, our new houses, you know, to a better specification through the through the building code. Um, so that, that's a bit of a summary, but there's there's a lot to unpack there. And so, what sort of things are New Zealand Building Council driving in order to make that change towards sustainable, affordable housing? Yeah, so we we run a number of uh, rating tools, voluntary rating tools. So just to give an example for new housing, we run a, a scheme called Homestar. That's a rating that's given to a new house. Um, it rates things like uh, energy efficiency, the the, uh, the efficiency of the heating systems and the, the hot water systems. Uh, it would look at broader sustainability questions like the um, uh, you know the chemicals used in carpets and paints and things like that. Uh, I think for a long time we've realised that we we can never get all of the homes in New Zealand doing home star, but we've got to a big percentage. I mean, I think we're we're pr- roughly ten percent of new homes now uh, would be doing home star. And we've done that through uh, recognizing that we have to work with some of the, the organizations that are building a lot of houses. So, for example, for the last three years, all of the houses built by New Zealand's social housing, government social housing provider, Kainga Ura, uh, all of those homes are, are homestyle. And so that's really about building up the capability of the industry as a whole to design and build high quality homes. You know, it's, it's a great partnership with Kainga Aura because they build so many homes and work with so many different builders and designers and architects that, um, you know, a, a good chunk of the industry gets exposed to uh, how to design for high levels of insulation, how to think about thermal, you know, avoiding thermal bridging, which is where you get condensation and mold in housing. 
also wider topics like embodied carbon. So we're doing a lot of work uh, around the fact that um, probably in New Zealand, about half the emissions from uh, from the construction industry are from just the upfront from the materials themselves. You know, so from the jib and the timber and the you know the aluminium windows we might be using. So yeah, so it's about develop- developing that leadership, but then we backfill that leadership with regular meetings with the regulator here where we uh, lobby very hard for changes to the building code essentially so we can say we can point to the to the exemplars that we that we hopefully espouse and, and work with you know organizations like Kligora, and we say look those organizations are building better the earth hasn't fallen through uh, they've managed to do it. it hasn't cost them a lot of money uh, we think you should make this a requirement for all developers and what we also then do is is work. Uh, we get the organisations, the pr- often the private organisations that are doing better and working with us to also um, work with government. So we we'd organise a meeting with government ministers and take along the private sector and say, look, you know, this this builder of, of thousands of houses a year is is building better. They support it, and and lots of other organisations do. So that, that's that's an example of, of of how we work. What role do you believe policy plays in supporting a greener New Zealand? It's absolutely critical. That's one, uh, I guess, little criticism I would make of some of the green building movement, which is there's been quite a big focus on the real niche exemplars. I love, I've, I've, I've done this job for 20 odd years and, and I love going to, you know, that really super sustainable project that has green roofs and, you know, ultra levels of insulation and triple glazing and, and all the rest of it. We all love those exemplars, but actually the thing that I've come to love doing more and I think NZGBC does more of is about working with the, the mainstream sector. How, how do we get all the mainstream builders and designers to lift their, their game? Uh, that's actually sort of more rewarding and more a fruitful, I think, ultimate exercise. So how do you get them to lift their games? Well, you do it by um, getting some of the big government, I mean, as an example, some of the big government agencies to mandate you know, some of the rating tools that we run. We do it through uh, training, so you know we, we we get a lot of people on our training courses, so that we we teach them that actually some of these things are not as difficult as they think they are. Um, we do it with by by providing collateral and uh, calculators and um, you know material that make it simpler for them to understand how to do better. And we also do it through working with our so we are, and, and New Zealand Green Building Council is a membership organisation. And many, many of our members are products and materials suppliers. So we go out and talk to those products and materials suppliers and say, look, these new standards are coming. We want you to develop products and materials that meet those standards. And so in that way, we can improve things. You know, as an example, before New Zealand Rewilding Council came along, FSE certified timber would not have been a very, you know, prominent feature of the construction landscape here, whereas it is now. So there's, you know, there's a whole ecosystem of working with designers, products and materials suppliers, government to, to make those changes. How is the consumer appetite evolving for green buildings in New Zealand? Well, you see, that's a really great question. You know, when I started um, the job here seven years ago, Homestyle was very much billed as a consumer-focused tool. What we New Zealand Green Water Council was trying to do then was reach the consumer and say, we want you to uh, ask your builder for a homestyle home. I think the reality is, I, you know, I'm going to sound a bit doom and gloom here, but I, th- I think the reality is reaching consumers is so difficult. You know, you need a huge marketing budgets for a start. And secondly, um, you kind of, you need to work on the assumption that a large percentage of the population is really willing 
to to be blunt, um, higher upfront costs and when building a house to to be more sustainable. Some some are, of course, they are, but I think it's true that um, a lot of the market is much more interested in you know the, the marble bench top and the, the location of the home and all the all the rest of it. So it has to be a slow process of improving the, the knowledge of designers and builders, improve, and, and then feeding through to regulations so that it becomes mandated rather than the consumer wanting it. In my view. So conversely, the commercial sector in New Zealand is highly responsive. What would you say is driving that appetite for greener, more sustainable infrastructure? That, that, that's right, Anthea. So yeah, although I was being a bit pessimistic about housing, I, I think it would be true to say that most you know, kind of blue chip commercial property now, um, any new large office, uh, the warehouse sector in particular, you know, most of those uh, are, are doing Green Star voluntarily. And they're doing it for a number of reasons, but the big ones being corporate so- social responsibility. So, you know, they want to be seen to be a, a responsible corporate uh, is one reason. But the, the really big driver is um, is the investor community. So there's a recognition from investors that globally they want to be seen to be um, putting their investments in sustainable. Well, I mean, it's, it's not just buildings. I mean, I think investors in all sorts of uh, arenas are looking for Sustainable investments, green bonds, green finance has gone has gone ballistic in the last two or three years, and I think a lot of it is around wanting to um, make sure that their their investments are, are for the long term. They recognise that sustainability is, is is not going away. Climate change is not going away. You know, wh- why put my money in a building now that it's a, that's a white elephant, that is a stranded asset, that it, that's that's high carbon, when I could get some reassurance that the building is going to be low carbon and I'm I'm not wasting my money. So the, the green rating tools that we run, like Green Star here and, and similarly in Australia, a lot of that is being driven by by finance and investment drivers. Do you see an opportunity for green finance bridging across to consumers to drive appetite? Oh well, actually, I, yeah, well, again, although I was being a bit pessimistic, actually, we're seeing um, some uptake now from New Zealand banks around green lending and mortgage lending. So um, there are two or three banks here that will give a lower interest mortgage interest rate if you buy or build a Homestar home. And that, that is driving some of the, the, the Homestar market for sure. Um, and we're getting some indication from banks that they, not just new build, not just new houses, but they're also interested in uh, the carbon footprint of their lending portfolio more generally. Um, that's really difficult because, you know, they make a load on a, 40 year old house how do they know how um you know well that building is up op- that that house is operating and so on so we're, we're starting to think about you know carbon footprints of existing homes and and operational predictions around how good those how those existing houses are for for the banks you mentioned climate change so when it comes to the green star tool system what sort of resilience features are you measuring against for housing in new zealand yeah, great question. Um, actually, I'll just talk more generally across all of our tools. So, I mean, climate mitigation has been a feature of our tools for a long time. So uh, making sure that the, the buildings are low carbon in operation and now increasingly low carbon at the build stage, some of the products and materials. I'd say the whole sort of question of resilience and climate adaptation is one that is emerging. Um, uh, certainly on the commercial tools, the Green Star tool, um, we now require all projects to fill a climate adaptation checklist. So um, uh, having a look at what the climate risks are for the project, you know, that might be flood risk, that might be, you know, high winds or, you know, any, any kind of changes that might that might come about as a result of climate change. We require 
pro- the project teams to present those risks to the client and for the client to effectively kind of sign off that they've read and understood the risks. So we're not we're not quite at the stage where we're we're, we're kind of requiring them to you know make sure that the the building is fully climate change a- adapted but i think i think we will we will get to that point on the home start uh, side of things we we've, we've got a bit of work to do um but i think the next the next version of home that we launch will have some and we're just starting the work on it so i can't say exactly what we're going to be doing with it but probably there'll be some stuff in there around you know are you allowed to build on floodplains as an example we already have uh, requirements around overheating so you know, we don't necessarily have a big problem with high air conditioning loads like you might might have in Australia, but we have got an emerging issue of new high density housing and apartments overheating in the summer here. Um, so we're starting to, well, we already require in home start assessment of overheating, um, and we're starting to think about um, how you assess that overheating risk given a changing climate. So, um, you know, with the hotter summers that we're likely to get in the next 20, 30, 40 years. So where do you see the use of these tools taking New Zealand in the coming years? All of our rating tools, so Homestar and Greenstar, have a sort of ramped thing where we, we're toughening up the requirements year on year. So the, the, the idea is that by 2030, which is a sort of target date for a lot of green building councils around the world, we want all buildings to be zero carbon in operation. And the other target we've got is a 40% reduction in embodied emissions by that date. We may well push that up to 50% because the world, the world Green Building Council has got a similar ambition. You know, and you kind of go, well, why don't, why don't we set 100%? Why don't we make it zero carbon? And, and the real reason is that that's a really tough look to crack. To crack. So, you know, getting getting very low zero carbon um, products and materials is still an emerging thing. Um, you know, we're still, the industries around concrete, steel and timber and aluminium and all the kind of, the kind of big components, there's still a lot of work to do to decarbonize those, those sectors. So we think a, a 50%, 40%, 50%, reduction by 2030 is ambitious but um but is but is doable what innovations are you seeing in new zealand that are helping to drive that outcome well we've had the first announcement from so we only have one steel producer in new zealand and they just announced a hundred million dollar investment in an electric arc furnace so at, at the moment new zealand has uh, the new zealand made steel is a relatively high carbon steel and um you know over the next two three years the steel industry here will be will reduce its emissions quite a lot as a result of that the concrete industry here concrete and cement industry um is already pretty good so uh, the main cement plant here burns waste tires and waste timber from funnily, funnily enough from the construction industry to produce the cement in the first place uh and a lot of that's driven by the fact that we require so anyone doing restar or homestar has to reach at least a minimum uh, percentage diversion of, of waste on site so you know we produced we produced thousands of thousands of tons of, of waste uh, timber and um, other things uh, concrete steel or whatever uh, in New Zealand about half of our waste goes goes to half of the waste going to landfill in New Zealand comes from the construction sector so there's a real opportunity there through you know there's a, that emerging sort of topic of, of circular economy uh, that we're seeing more and more of so um, waste timber is going off to our cement plant uh, to burn that to, to um, produce the cement to really get to zero, we're talking about international uh, innovation that we're starting to see come from, from the likes of America and other places around hydrogen, for example. So using hydrogen to produce uh, steel, that kind of thing. So Sam, what are some of the partnerships perhaps that New Zealand Green Building Council are embarking upon to drive changes for a sustainable built environment? Uh, yeah, that's a really great question, question Anthea, because, you know, clearly we're only an organisation of 30 people, so we can't do everything by ourselves. 
Uh, it's a mixture of actual partnerships, you know, where we've got agreed agreements to work with others, uh, and or, and sometimes combined with kind of more informal relationships. We do a lot of work with brands, which would be the equivalent of your CSIRO, you know, and um, uh, and that that's not a specific partnership agreement with them, but it's um, a number of specific projects where we do work with them. So it's, you know, so that would be research, that would be pr- producing calculators and collateral things like that. We do work with MFE. I was mentioning, uh, you know, some of the work around. We, we've been having meetings with our Ministry for the Environment around waste because they've, they've got responsible uh, responsibility for construction waste. So trying to deal with that issue of long distances in New Zealand, you know, if you're trying to get waste from uh, the bottom of the South Island, um, if you've got plasterboard waste being created at the bottom of the South Island, how do you get that back to the one main plasterboard plant? which is uh, at the top of the North Island, you know, so then we've got real problem with transport distances and things like that to try to solve some of those problems. Uh, again, we don't have a direct partnership with our main building code regulator, MB, but we do a lot of work with them. So I mentioned that whole thing around a lot of work. The work we do is about trying to build momentum around building code changes and get the market ready for uh, government say, well, actually, we're going to make you know the insulation levels tougher in, in two years' time, and making sure that all the builders and designers are ready for that. Um, so, yeah, those are some of the examples of, of, of the partnerships and and um, relationships that we have. So, Sam, you said earlier you've been working in the area of sustainability for the last twenty years, and there's been a lot of advancement certainly in that time. When you think future about sustainability for the built environment, what is it that excites you the most? Huh. Well, I think one of the ambitions that we, I and the NZGPC CEO often say is that we'd like to do ourselves out of a job. I mean, in the sense that, and it's something that we've been saying for a long time in, in sustainable, um, the sustainable built environment, you know, for a long time, you've had dedicated sustainability teams and consultancies. Where you really want to get to is where sustainability is just embedded in the way that we do things. So, you know, an, an architect knows how to design a sustainable house and the engineer knows how to design a sustainable HVAC system or whatever, and they don't need uh, a dedicated sustainability consult to hold their hand. I think if we're going where we're going, which is, I think, in New Zealand, I, from my native UK, is the same thing. The building code just gets tougher and tougher over time. We'll just get to the point where everyone's just got to then we'll do it, and we won't need a green building council to kind of drive it because it'll it'll just be required, right? So I think my, my, my kind of excitement is is by, by 2030 or the early 2030s, uh, we will have got to that point for new homes and, and buildings, commercial buildings, I think. The real challenge is the existing market. So, you know, we've got, like I'm, I think I mentioned at the beginning of this talk, what we're like 1.8 million homes in New Zealand. Probably about half of those need serious work to bring them up to scratch in terms of insulation and ventilation and so on. We've got a very long tail of, of older very, very uh, energy inefficient um, office buildings, commercial buildings. So I I think, although we kind of joke about doing ourselves out of a job, I think there's probably another 30 years worth of work, uh, you know, in uh, in bringing those those existing homes and buildings. So that's that's really kind of what's um, driving my excitement at the moment is is those existing homes and commercial buildings. Well, Sam, great to talk with you. Thanks for joining us. Very great pleasure. Thank you so much. Coming up next, we talk to Bimika Mystery Senior Technical Coordinator for the New Zealand Green Building Council about the success of their Green Star Tool and Certification Program. Are you looking for a digitalisation and net zero partner to help you achieve your goals? Join the thousands of AEC and manufacturing customers globally 
who have turned to VingZero to start their journey toward a net zero future. With 32 offices around the world, VingZero can connect you to the right technologies and workflow processes, so you can maintain your competitive position and increase profitability. VingZero has an industry expert to help you navigate the best pathway forward, wherever you are on your digitalization and net zero journey. Visit VingZero.com to find out more. Birmingham Mystery is a Senior Technical Coordinator for Green Star at New Zealand Green Building Council, facilitating and managing the Green Star certification process for commercial buildings in Aotearoa. As a coordinator, she is engaged in all phases of certification, along with tool review and development for the upcoming Green Star Buildings tool, due for release in 2024. Before transitioning into sustainability, Birmingham worked as an architectural designer after graduating with her Master's in Architecture Professional from the University of Auckland, and has since also returned as a tutor and guest speaker for environmental design. Welcome to the program, Bumika. Thank you so much for having me. Bumika, what inspired you to work for the Green Building Council and what makes you so passionate about green buildings for New Zealand? Well, I come from a background of architectural design, and for me, it was very important to delve into the deeper aspects of sustainable buildings in Aotearoa. I definitely already had the creative aspect and I understood what it means to design a conventional building, but I wanted to understand green building practices, which I knew consider all facets of the environment. At the moment, I definitely do feel I'm in the right space um, with NZGBC and it is the perfect organization in terms of creating more awareness or having more conversations around how we can better consider sustainable initiatives to create buildings which have a minimal impact on our environment. This is why I really appreciate the work um, that we've been doing in the Green Star team at NZGBC and also in Australia with the Design as Built tool and also the work that we are doing for our upcoming Green Star Buildings tool. We see the tool as an enabler for change and it's a great way for projects to be awarded for sustainable initiatives. So that's kind of where my interest in sustainable design comes from and it comes from the fact that I didn't actually have much exposure as a designer to sustainable practices or principles and transitioning into this more technical role definitely gave me so much more exposure. I'm able to really get out and talk about these things and advocate and also educate and that's something that I really strongly believe in. Bermiga, what does it mean to be a Green Star accredited practitioner? A Green Star practitioner is someone who is up to date with green building practices and is able to work successfully within a Green Star project. They would usually have a good understanding of our suite of Green Star tools, such as Design As Built version 1.1, Interiors, Communities, and also the Performance tool. They would also have really good knowledge about the certification and the assessment processes that we go through in order to certify a building. I think the qualification itself shows knowledge in healthy, less polluting green building practices. And they would also know about the tools, the categories within, and the credits, and the need to know requirements for working on a Green Star building and a submission. What can you tell us about the rollout of the tool for 2024? So the tool that we are going to be rolling out in around mid-2024 is going to be Green Star Buildings. Green Star Buildings is actually a tool that we started developing around end of last year, and it's actually been a really long process because this tool is going to be very different from our Design As Built version 1.1 tool. We are bringing the tool across from Green Building Council of Australia, um, who actually originally worked on this tool and have already released it to their market. We're bringing it across to New Zealand and we're adapting it to our specific market to making sure that the credits align with what can be achieved in our construction industry at the moment. So 
At the moment, we have completed round two consultation with some of the draft credits that we've been put out into the market. And now we're working on some of the final credits, which will be put together and officially released around mid next year. So New Zealand currently has more than 3,000 green buildings. What is at the core of being a good designer when it comes to sustainable architecture? I think for a designer to make a good sustainable building, it's really important for them to know that sustainability is an integrated design process. Sustainability is never an add-on or an afterthought once we've actually completely designed our buildings. It's an integrated process where we have to think about deliberate design moves to make sure that the final outcome is a good building. So this could be something as simple as addressing existing parameters on site or careful consideration of materials or even learning how to design out waste from the concept of the building to the very end. And I think I think these integrated design processes definitely result in a better building outcome. And this is probably, I think, the core of how sustainability should work in the architectural realm. So do you have any examples of Green Star commercial buildings that you'd like to call out and why? A building I often use as an example which shows leadership in green building would be the University of Auckland building, B201, partially because the building achieved the highest points since the release of Design As Built version 1.0 with a six Green Star rating which represents world leadership. The building was originally constructed in the 1970s, but is now a great example of taking a poorly performing building and showing how adaptive reuse can be transformative and better instead of demolition and replacement. So some of the green highlights of the building are definitely upgrading the existing primary reinforced concrete structure of the building. Um, The building facade delivers energy efficiency, also thermal comfort and reduce operational carbon emissions. And the facade has also had air tightness testing done. So this is the first building of its size that's had air testing done. The rating was actually done um, in July 2021. And the project will still be doing an as-built rating. But the design itself took about five to six months to get rated. So Outer Order is greener than most countries in the world. Can you describe the client base for New Zealand Green Building Council? We are a not-for-profit organization established by the industry, for the industry. And in terms of our network, we work really closely with the World Green Building Council. And together with 70 other countries, we are transitioning the property and construction sector towards lower carbon emission outcomes. In New Zealand, we did start with about 31 members in 2006, and now we represent over 750 member organizations. Um, This does include a huge variety, so we are looking at banks, government departments, developers, engineers, and architects, and, you know, there's many more. But just our council members alone cover about 60% of the population of New Zealand. So that's great growth. What can you tell me about the timeline of the Green Star rollout since it started in 2019? So in 2019, uh, Green Star Design As Built version 1.0 and Interiors version 1.0 were rolled out in New Zealand. They were rolled out after being adapted from the Australia-developed Green Star Design As Built version 1.2 tool. So the tool helped projects slash waste from landfill, teaching, basically showing them how to choose um, better systems and materials to create spaces that better serve the environment and people. So Green Star, the tool obviously continues to evolve in collaboration with the industry because you know the market changes and we have to meet the requirement of the market. So later, we released Design As Built version 1.1 in 2022, 
And we pulled this um, tool together from the lessons learned from version 1.0 and also the industry feedback that we did release um, throughout that time. So version 1.1 then got released last year and it's a more comprehensive set of changes which included the introduction of more conditional requirements to achieve certification. And there was also a great emphasis on climate change pre-screening checklists, which is relevant at the moment in terms of resilience and greenhouse gas emissions. And we also basically increased thresholds um, for four, five, and six Green Star ratings and looked at upfront carbon emissions. Should we talk about some of the lessons that have been learned from the rollout of these tools? So basically what happens with our tools is when we release a tool into the market, there's actually about like at least one to two years a lot of people are in the market testing the tools, which will be developers and the rest. From that, we kind of find um, they basically come to us with like exclusions or they basically ask for further clarification for particular credits or approaches within our guidelines, which is the actual tool that we release. And what happens is that we kind of realize that we may have not accommodated for a particular project typology or particular um, prescriptive pathway or an alternative approach to kind of make sure that their building can get a rating with us. So with all of these learnings, we kind of piece together the next tool and we have a lot of um, technical clarifications which are released throughout the year. So this is basically anything to do with technical clarifications that can be substituted within our original guidances. So we release that, we override it, and basically we implement it within our new tool. So it is, it is like, there's lots of little, 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 little things that we typically put through. So it's not like a big change that we had, but we just introduced new conditional requirements. And the purpose of introducing the new conditional requirements was to make sure that we prepare the market for the Green Star Buildings tool, which is going to be released next year. So we want to kind of feed some of that stuff through into Design As Built version 1.1 when we were doing the update. What's unique about the Green Star tools compared to other tools that are on the market? I think Green Star um, definitely is a holistic tool, and I think we definitely cover a lot of categories within it. You know, we're looking at, you know, from building commissioning to health and well-being with the indoor environmental quality credit. We're definitely looking at energy, greenhouse gas emissions, and we're also acknowledging projects that um, have innovation. If they if they have new um, sustainability initiatives which are not addressed within our tool, they can actually um, target innovations and actually show what they're doing, which is different to the norm or BAU or is actually not in our tool at the moment. So that's that's quite different, I think. What is the government mandating currently in New Zealand? The government rolled out their plans for a carbon neutral public sector by 2025. This required all new non-residential government buildings to achieve a level of excellence in climate-friendly design and construction. So from April 2022, government mandated that agencies covered by the Carbon Neutral Government Program had to make sure new buildings over a certain value meet a minimum of a five green star rating, which is New Zealand excellence. From this year, they basically had the same standard applied, but buildings over nine million actually have to get a five green star rating. The objective of this whole program was to reduce government emissions at an accelerated rate to achieve carbon neutrality by 2025. And the cabinet has directed agencies to measure, verify and support emissions annually. And of course, we definitely support this. And we think it's we think it's really important because 20% of Aotearoa's carbon emissions come from the building sector. And so our buildings are obviously the bigger emitters and we can't address climate change without addressing our buildings, of course. 
So I guess the priorities of this particular project are very important to us um, and we're definitely in full support of it. How has the New Zealand Green Building Council raised the minimum benchmark? So we have been advocating for change to the New Zealand Building Code, um, but the minimum requirements are still not a replacement for the sustainable outcomes that would be achieved through certification with our tools. So we are dedicated to accelerating the development and adoption of market-based green building practices to improve the built environment. And we have been trying to create a common language with our tools and we've been demonstrating the value of it. So getting a green star rating basically kind of confirms adherence to international best practice standards and the green buildings tool is aligned with leading frameworks to respond to World Green Building Council's global megatrends. So we're looking at climate action, resource efficiency, and we're also looking at health and well-being, which is really important. So in terms of the UN Sustainable Development Goals, um, the tool that we will be releasing next year looks at 12 of the 17 UN Sustainable Development Goals. And this is actually really important because several businesses um, have committed to addressing these goals. So by getting a green star rating, you are basically committing. It makes it easier to commit to these goals. So, Bamika, when you think future about the many opportunities that lie ahead because of the rollout of the green building tool, what is it that excites you the most? So what excites me a lot about this new tool is that the tool addresses environmental, social and governance issues, which enables projects to deliver on a suite of ESG targets with one tool. It's really refreshing that we are also addressing modern issues with this tool and focusing on community, people and place as well. I think these incentives are relevant to the market now and will respond to the challenges of the next decade. And I think it will be great to have sustainability at the core of business and decision making. And it would definitely be lovely to see sustainability as a BAU, sustainability completely adopted, which would be amazing. Well, certainly, Bumika, the work that the New Zealand Green Building Council are doing in releasing and updating these Green Star tools will be making a big difference. So we thank you for your continued great work and effort in New Zealand, and we look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you so much. This podcast was brought to you by VinZero. VinZero helped the AEC and manufacturing industries keep pace with digital change and achieve their technological and sustainability leadership goals. Vinzero is a company that cares about creating and building a better world. Together, we are working with industry and environmental experts, providing forums and platforms through our Vinzero Think community to create conversations that matter to our future generations. We invite you to join in the conversation and participate in our Think community. Like and subscribe to Think Future to stay up to date with the latest innovations and conversations as we take AEC and manufacturing around the world closer to zero. You can download our podcast at binzero.com or from your favourite podcast platform. From Vinzero Think Future, thanks for listening.